Attaining your Zen is not just a luxury. Our guest today says it's a vital component that can enrich our concentration, fuel creativity, and fortify resilience in the face of day-to-day hurdles. Hello, I'm Chester Elton, and with me is my dear friend and co-author, Adrian Gostick. Well, thanks, Chess. Yeah, achieving a more zen-like state in our every, ever-busy lives, well, that sounds like a good thing to do. And it's one we're going to discuss today with some practical takeaways. As always, we hope the time you spend with us will help reduce the stigma of anxiety at work and in your personal life. And with us is our new friend, Will Cady, Reddit's creative executive and in-house meditation teacher who imparts practical wisdom in his forthcoming book, Which Way is North? Guiding those with demanding schedules on how to best cultivate workplace zen with strategies. Workplace zen. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, uh, Will, for being on our podcast today. We really appreciate you finding the time. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be heard. Thanks for having me. We are excited, yeah. I don't know if we've done too much with uh, uh, Zen, especially workplace Zen. So this is this is exciting. So tell us a little bit about the sort of the concepts in the book. Uh, what are makers, marketers, and mystics, and and how can we create and cultivate workplace Zen? Yeah, makers, marketers, and mystics. Uh, first off, irresistible opportunity for alliteration in terms of bringing those three M's together. But what those really point to are anybody that is in any way responsible for managing meaning in your own life or in culture. So especially in this media world that we live in, you know, when you come to work, uh, either if you work at like a media company or a technology company, or if you're a creator on any online platform, or if you're even just your average everyday modern employees trying to think about what to post on LinkedIn or on your social media, what we are putting out there is contributing to the meaning that we all make in the world. So by bringing these three disciplines of creativity and marketing and spirituality together, I'm pointing the finger towards a playbook of, well, how do we actually you know, meet this responsibility and this opportunity of being mindful about the stories we tell ourselves and each other? So that's really what that means. So what about workplace Zen? Tell us a little bit about that too. Why is, why is that a big idea? Why should we be seek, seeking that? Yeah, so I heard you say in the intro there, reducing the stigma of anxiety at work. And that's really interesting to me because for me, when anxiety comes up for me at work, I get excited. I'm like, oh, an idea is coming. I'm feeling this kind of tingle in my system. That means that there's 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 an energy here that's worth uh, being creative about. So that, I think, is singularly the major big idea that I'm putting forward in this book, that anxiety is creativity, but it's ready to be transmuted. There's a practice towards meeting it with a Zen mind that isn't afraid of it, isn't taken by the emotion of it, but experiences it as energy, as information to be creative with. You know, it's so interesting you say that. Uh, usually when anxiety is coming on, people don't say, hey, a great idea is coming. They say, the world is coming to an end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's quite the opposite, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so, yeah. Well, you talk about this, right, in your book. Uh, you start the book by saying anxiety is creativity, as you mentioned, uh, being ready to be transmuted. So you talked a little bit about that. Help us again. How do you, that Zen mindset, how do you take that anxiety and really flip it uh, 180 degrees from, you know, the negative to a, a burst of positivity? It's fascinating. Yeah. The book starts with a scene when I'm sitting with a Zen master and 
you know, my experiences with Zen are really by transference through the path that my father took. So he was a Renzai Zen Buddhist monk, and he was ordained, and he went through all of the different initiatory rites for that path. My role in that was as a musician at a nearby music school. After their week-long silent retreats, I would come to the, the Zendo, and I would play some jazz music to kind of bring them out of the silence. So as a uh, as compensation for that, I was given a meal, you know, being a college student and all, and also a sit with the master to have a one-on-one dialogue going back and forth. And in that scene, I recount the, the moment where I started feeling afraid, and the Zen master really reframes that for me and gets me to a place of not saying I am afraid, but saying there is fear. There is the phenomenology of this emotion and behind that emotion fear is excitement and behind that excitement is awareness and behind that awareness is just the beholding of all that is so that's very very deep zen mind in terms of the approach of how you experience this world it's not it's not about you and so an anxiety that feels like the world is falling down on top of you that's very about you right the Zen perspective there, as I understand it, is to say, huh, <laughs> the world is falling. That's interesting. <laughs> Let's see where it goes. <laughs> Let's see what that pile of rubble looks like. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so I want to maybe challenge a little bit here because one of the suggestions in your book is that we need to calm our nerves to come up with ideas. Though, you know, maybe you're saying too, we need to harness our anxiety because it's exciting. So, you know, and when I when I read that, I thought, look, when we're up against deadlines, the boss is yelling for a breakthrough or whatever, calm might be the last things on our minds. So talk about this idea of calming our nerves, how that maybe works with this idea of anxiety and, and how do we do that to, to be inspired? It always works best when you can be the eye of the hurricane when you can be that stillness at the center of a swirling vortex. And so that is nowhere else in my career did I find that to be more true than when I became a people leader, a manager of of departments, that the work is actually to provide clear enough directive and to delegate so effectively that it actually feels like you're doing nothing because you're moving everything around you. That was a very difficult transition for me to make as an individual contributor because I was like, I, I, gotta, I gotta stick the shovel in the ground. I gotta do work. Like work has to be this kind of labor. And whether or not you're a manager of people, you're still the manager of your career. And if you can find a way to be that eye in the middle of the hurricane, creating all of this energy swirling around you, then you can have exponential impact beyond what you could possibly do yourself. So calming your nerves is a really big part of that because if you're holding a stress, if you're holding an anxiety from one conversation, from one meeting and bringing it into the other, then you really can't be present you really can't get to that place of mastery that feels like the eye at the center of a storm. And so the practice of meditation and breath work that I go through in the book, it's very practical. It's basically saying, here's what you can literally do to get back to that place, because that's where the struggle is, is getting back to center, getting back to clear, getting back to calm. You know, I think that's the, the key to what you're teaching today is that practical piece Here's how you get there. Here's what you do. Now, I, I want to 
go a little bit more into this uh, idea of the lack of human connection. Yeah. You know, we're saying loneliness is one of the biggest issues in, in our society today. Um, how do you um, how do you cultivate uh, more connection in a world that's really becoming more disconnected? You know, we've got hybrid work, we've got digital lives that seem to be less and less satisfying. And um, how do you how do you get that human connection that can lead back to that creativity when there is a lack of Zen? That makes well, sense. That question. It does. And it arises from what we've been talking about in terms of that's the fruit of calming your nerves. It's also the fruit okay. of everybody calming their nerves, right? Because anytime I've sat with somebody that has some kind of personal practice, meditation of some sort, the feeling is like, oh, wow, we're really in the room together here. We're really connecting versus what the opposite looks like when I'm taken by stress or my colleagues are taken by stress. All of these words are said in a room together, but it's like we weren't even really there. We were in our heads. We weren't in our hearts. We weren't connecting with each other. So that's really the the important um, you know benefit beyond what this can do for work is, I mean, we spend 90,000 hours of our life on average at work. It's like 10 years of our life at work. So, you know, it's not about productivity. It's about bringing a meaningful experience and human connection to this place where we spend so much time. And then also, what are we building at work? We're building the world that we live in. And so wouldn't we want what we build to be created from this place of earnest connection? So it really does come from, you know, the practice, like self-help doesn't have to be selfish. It can be about service. It can be how you connect with other people. That's beautiful. So how can people learn more about your work, Will? Where will you send them? I would actually send them to LinkedIn. That's that's where I've been the most active as a social channel. So Will Cady, C-A-D-Y. Um, that's kind of become the the home of my digital avatar where I'm, you know, being mindful of the most mindful of how I speak. Is it where you're the most zen? Can we say that? I've been LinkedIn? pretty I, That's kind of become my, my, my shtick on there. Um, so it's, yeah. it's fun to bring, you know, these kinds of um, esoteric messages into a, a forum like that. But, you know, I also like if you look at my profile, like I've got every job that I've ever worked on there going back to being a busboy at an ice cream shop. <laughs> it's my working life. That's that's that. It. It's you know, that's, that's where my no 90,000 hours are. <laughs> <laughs> no hiding. I love it. OK, so you've worked in a lot of places. You've you've done a lot of research here. So what we want now, maybe some practical steps our listeners can can take to cultivate workplace Zen and. Um, you know, and really thrive and find that true north that you're talking about in the book. Yeah. We're at a time where I think people are comfortable talking about breath work in a way that they weren't before. And so three breaths is all it takes in between meetings. And the quick version of it is to just take a really big inhale and, and, and breathe in through your nose and then hold when you get to the top of your lungs and just like drink it in like a, like a sip of water. And, and feel the gratitude of the fact that just air feels so good and hold it. Then you breathe out all the way through your mouth and then you like pull your belly into your spine and like really get uncomfortable and, 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 and be without air and then hold that. You do that three times and you're actually resetting your nervous system. 
you're getting out of fight or flight and into rest and digest or out of your parasympathetic into your sympathetic nervous system. And it's literally, it's like a hack, especially when you hold your body without air. Basically, your heart and your mind is like, okay, nothing matters more than getting air right now. (laughs) So it's a way to really just defrag all all the stress in your hard drive, basically. And I do that in between meetings. I do that... Uh, you know, before a conversation like this. And it's not about like preparing. It's about being present. Okay, hold on. I'm just doing my exhale I, I see, on my third one. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, see, I see Just doing his uh, breathing. That's good. Yeah. Uh, You've already I almost, got going. I almost <laughs> got that third one out. I thought, just talk a little longer. Well, I'll like, okay, <laughs> we'll have to do a reset when we're done. Um, you know, it's interesting. We're always interested in self-care. And obviously, you've talked about doing that in between meetings and so on your breathing and I think you're right people are a lot more comfortable talking about breath and getting back to the breath and and meditation and stuff your father was was quite the pioneer uh, getting all his certifications he was zen when zen wasn't really known or or really accepted right if I got that right he was yeah well he you know he he was uh he was unafraid of being different and uh I've as I've gotten older I've come to appreciate that more and more Uh, But he really pulled me into some experiences that, you know, as a teenager, I wasn't um, I wasn't looking for. And and I'm so grateful for for what he introduced me to from such a young age. He was way ahead of his time. I mean, having having a playing jazz in a Buddhist temple. (laughs) (laughs) Did you put that on your resume? That would be a cool job to put on your resume. Hey, um, so what are some other other personal practices that you have that you can share with us that maybe people might try as well over and above your breathing? Journaling. Journaling's great. So at a basic level, just writing some stuff out five minutes a day in the morning, it's actually not about what you write. It's about getting out the the head trash, basically. And then the, the good stuff comes on the other side of that. I also have multiple different journals. I have some journals with no lines on the pages, so they judge me less. <laughs> and those, I never thought of lines in a journal as being judgmental, but yeah, I can see your point, really. I but, can. But then I also have these like gorgeous, leather bound, like very beautifully lined, you know, journals that are judging me a lot because I'm like, ah, this is my. This is my book of record, right? And so I, I basically, I some of my journals are just for freeform sketches. And then I might kind of, I'm like going deep sea fishing in my unconscious to look for ideas. And I might get a good one and then I'll lift it up to the next journal and I will start to polish it a little bit more. So, you know, journaling, like it's it's not just about one journal. I, I've got multiple. You know, it's interesting. We just published our, our own gratitude journal. Do you happen to have one of those journals in your in your list, or is that just part of your meditation and, and writing that you incorporate gratitude? Gratitude is free energy. It's such it's such a big deal. Yeah, and you know something that I I tell people when they come to me for some questions often about gratitude is I say just have gratitude for the the steam coming out of your coffee cup or the way the light hits a spot in your room or just how it feels to breathe. Like it doesn't have to be huge, but it's, it's free energy. One of the meditations I do actually is when you're breathing in, I say the height of your inhale is the height of your gratitude. The more you can feel grateful for something as 
basic and lowest common denominator as breath, the more you can feel gratitude for anything. And it will absolutely charge you up. It is literally free energy just by thinking. I love, love that. that definition. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, you're going to. I know I could see Chester scribbling that down. He'll use that again. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Hey, uh, this has been such a great conversation, Will. Uh, thanks for inspiring us and, and lifting us. Um, give us a couple of takeaways you'd like our listeners to leave with today. Maybe things you learned through writing this book that you say, I want you to take this away. There are two definitions of time that the Greeks had, Kronos and Kairos. So Kronos is about time as we measure it, and Kairos is about time as we experience it. So if you feel like you don't have enough time, that's probably a Kronos problem. But think about experiencing time as Kairos. So when we talk about gratitude, when we talk about three breaths, when we talk about journaling, that is a way to drop deeper into a moment so that you can, expe- you can experience it in this expansive way. So I would challenge everybody that thinks that they don't have enough time to reflect on how they're experiencing the time that they do have. That is a great way to look at time. Thank you. Uh, the Greeks, still relevant. Who knew? Yeah, still got it. <laughs> who who, who thunk it? Hey, listen, our guest today has been uh, Will Cady. He's got a wonderful book called Which Way is North Guiding Those to uh, with uh, Guiding Those with Demanding Schedules on How to Best uh, Cultivate Workplace Zen and Strategies. How did I do on that? I, I kind of bungled through that. But <laughs> it. go to Which Way is North and, and get uh, and get Will's book. It's been a delight to have you on the, on the uh, podcast. Thank you for imparting your wisdom. And I uh, hope you have a grateful and Zen-filled and anxious day that leads to great creativity. I love that take. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Will Cady. Uh, Chess, what, what are you taking away? I thought this was interesting. Look, don't be afraid of anxiety. Um, it's going to lead to some good stuff, but you have to flip the thinking about this. Instead of, oh my gosh, it's about me, um, you know, maybe, maybe the, you know, the world is crazy around me and I can be that eye in the hurricane. Yeah, I, that struck me as well. You know, we often say, it's uh, interesting, I was just presenting a couple of days ago and, you know, you and I present all the time and uh, we often have people come up to us and say, well, do you still get anxious? And I always say, yeah, every time. I, I figure if you if you stop getting anxious, you probably stop caring, you know. So, so I get that on the little anxiety piece. To be able to take the big anxiety and flip it around, I think that's, that's a real, uh, that's a skill that I think we can all develop. You know, instead yeah. of the skies falling, I, I love when he said, there's a really good idea coming. And I thought, wow, you know, to look at that as anticipation. Kind of like when you're at the top of the roller coaster hill. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right before you drop off the end. I, I, of course, and you pointed it out, I loved when he said gratitude is free energy. Yeah. That, you know, at the top of the inhale, that's where you uh, feel the most grateful for all that air and all that goodness. And and that really struck me as that's a great way to think of gratitude is when you're lacking in energy, you know, get into a grateful yeah. state of mind and get some free energy. Well, I love how it connected to his breathing exercise, too. At the top of the breath, that's the, yeah. the pinnacle of gratitude and really being mindful because many of us, we've talked about breathing exercises on the show before. And, and you know, I mean, honestly, nothing new there except that, we A, we need to keep hearing it and re- repeating it because we forget. And B, I liked his thinking about 
look, this is a reset of the nervous system. And are we being grateful as we're breathing in? Just even grateful for the air we're breathing. You know, just terrific. Very zen. Uh, I remember back in college, I think it seems like everybody was reading Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Maintenance, yeah. Yeah. And we read that. I remember reading that book and not understanding half of it, but realizing, yeah, there's something there's something profound in here that uh, getting in touch with ourselves and being a little bit more uh, mindful. Yeah. Really brilliant. The last thing for me, and it was the construct, the Greek construct of time, Kronos and Kairos, that Kronos is the measure and Kairos is the experience, and we should be more mindful of the Kairos, and are we experiencing good things every day, and and journaling about it, writing it down, yeah. and getting that head trash out. You know, I, I, I've got, uh, well, I was going to say 100 journals, but it's more like 40, which is I think is still a lot. Um, and, and it is. It's very cathartic, and it does get the head trash out. You know, you write about the good, you write about the bad, and hopefully you leave it on the page. So some really practical, um, some practical advice. I, I think the title of his book is interesting, Which Way is North? You know, yeah. kind of get your bearings on life and get that Zen going. I thought he was a, just a delightful guest. Yeah, and I think that idea too. We didn't dive into it too much, but yeah, our north is our true north. Our what's our purpose? And it's it's amazing how so how few of us really think about what is our purpose. Why are yeah. we here? <laughs> and uh, and really pushing that a little bit and thinking about it. So great, great uh, session. Big thanks to Will. Uh, big thanks to our producer Brent Klein, to Christy Lawrence who helps us find amazing guests like. Will, and to all of you who listened in. If you like this podcast, please share it, download it. We'd also love you to visit thecultureworks.com for some free resources to help you and your team culture thrive. Yeah, and of course, we love speaking to audiences all around the world, virtually or in person, on topics of culture, teamwork, resilience, gratitude. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about your event. Well, Adrian, one more podcast in the box. Hopefully some good, uh, good uh, you know, practical tips there to help us tamp down our anxiety, anxieties and live a, a better and more full life. Exactly. And oh, by the way, don't forget to pick up a copy of Anxiety at Work. As the holidays are coming up, Chessa just makes a great <laughs> holiday gift, uh, Christmas, bar mitzvahs, uh, whatever, whatever you've got going on in your life. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, I mean, take your pick, really. It, Anything, it's, uh, really. You know. it's, it's a great gift for any time. Yeah. <laughs> great. Well, listen, as always, Adrian, I'll give you the last word as we close out another wonderful conversation and podcast. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And until next time, we wish you the best of mental health.